Welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. My name is Katherine Canty. I am the host and an executive coach. I work with teams, individuals, and leaders to help create measured leadership change. We do that using practical applications, and our clients are creating 100% measured results as seen by those around them. Not necessarily what I think or what they think, but what the other people are seeing. And they are being recognized for the hard work that they're doing. If you're interested in learning more about some of the work that we're doing, you can learn more at KatherineCanty.com. I would love for you to subscribe to this show, to Business Vitality. This is my way to continue to pay it forward and share business best practices. Stay tuned and listen to the interview. Thanks for being here. Matt Davis, you are the owner and CEO of Davis Business Law, found on the web at DavisBusinessLaw.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, I am excited to be here. And uh, yeah, let's talk some shop about about business and business growth and protection and all that. I love it. All right. So at a high level, Matt, tell me tell me about your business. Who do you serve? What is your uh, line of business? Can you give us a little background? We represent ambitious business owners. We are a soup to nuts um, business firm with, with the exception, we try and stay out of complicated securities. Maybe a quicker way of putting it is we're the family doctors of business law. So, you know, if you got to go get the heart surgeon, meaning the complicated security lawyers, we know how to go get them, but that's, that's the niche we operate in. We love taking small businesses, you know, even from startup to sale and, that's the space we operate in everywhere from uh, Austin up to Kansas City right now. And we're about to add San Antonio. That's fantastic. And um, when we we started talking and even before that, I was looking at your site mm-hmm. online with your core values. And I love that you are solution focused. Um, you are a big believer in communication. And I love that you included that rising tides lift all boats. But before I even get into that. I just heard you say something that really piqued my interest, which is business growth. Can you, it sounds like, you know, you don't hear a lot of uh, attorneys speak about growth and, and, and making things bigger and stronger. When I was in corporate, we talked about no, 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 you can't do any of this stuff. So I want to hear from you business growth from your perspective. Well, I've got two perspective on perspectives on that. Um, One, we run Davis Business Law really as a growth company. Um, You know, we're an Inc. 5000 company, have been for two or three years. And um, and so, you know, from that perspective, we we understand it a lot. And we're big devotees of, you know, some thought leaders, you know, from Vern Harnish to um, Jim Collins. We I've got some of Jim Collins' stuff here on the wall. And you know, we love to see our, our business clients grow. And it's, you know, for us, it's great and it's great business because if they're growing, if they're prospering, it's constant work for us. And that, you know, just from a just straight up business perspective, when we're working with fast growing companies, there's always something to do. And so, you know, it's it's a great spot for us to grow in. And, and frankly, too, it's an exciting place for our attorneys to work in. And it adds a lot of, of spirit around here. Um, we just had one of our clients sell 
um, a, a lithium company where they found lithium over in Arkansas. And, you know, we just sold to one of the big oil companies for a, a lot of money. I'm not allowed to say to whom or to, well, I can say it was to Exxon because it was on the front page of the business section of the Wall Street Journal a week or two ago. And, you know, that's pretty exciting for a for a law firm in the middle of America to be a part of. I think that is exciting. What's what's some of the biggest growth that you're seeing right now? You just shared about the lithium and what kind of industries are you seeing that are that are doing great? Uh, I, I got asked this the other day and uh, I was speaking and somebody asked me that and I said, well, it's right now it's marijuana in Oklahoma, because, <laughs> which is it's kind of funny because um, Oklahoma just opened marijuana in most states set it up medical marijuana as kind of a cartel. So like Louisiana and Missouri had a limited number of licenses. Oklahoma just said, hey, whoever wants to get a license, you know, with very limited, limited parameters, come on. You had to be a state resident and so on. But um, that that has been an exception. That's been kind of an anomaly. Um, and, you know, the traditional businesses are growing. Um, you know, we, we live on the South Plains and that's sort of our sandbox right now. And everything is growing down here. Um, you know, Wichita's growing a little bit. Oklahoma City and Tulsa are both growing rapidly. So, you know, everything from HVAC to plumbing to, you know, business services, they're all growing. I mean, you should see Dallas and Houston and Austin and San Antonio that, you know, they're all growing by 3% or more a year. So when you have that sort of population growth, everything is growing, you know, contracting, so on. You know, it's exciting to hear and it, it feels, you know, the energy feels good. And when people are growing, at least what I've seen, um, spending 20 years in corporate, they get down to, they do the fundamentals really well. Um, they, they know what their business is. They know what their niche is and they're, they're in there day in and day out. And that's the whole purpose of this business vitality conversation is like, what are the businesses doing to remain vital? Because it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. Do you see some things that just the best of the best keep doing in regards to managing their business, protecting their business. What are like the, the themes that just keep coming back that are taking care of them for the long term, you know, because the good stuff, it lasts for a long time. Yeah. I'm going to twist that question a little bit because it kind of comes with the platform. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, in your space, you're going to see the positive. And in our space, and you know, being a business coach, in our space, we see the negative. We see when that car runs off into the ditch or that truck runs off into the ditch. And um, I think that's one of our real strengths. And that's why we partner with so many business coaches is because we work really well in tandem. Whereas, um, you know, they'll focus on a company's strength and opportunities we, from our experience base, we see the weaknesses and threats better and perhaps have a higher degree of cynicism. Right. And, and so, um, again, I'm twisting your question a bit, but the, the thing that we teach all the time is if you'll deal with your vulnerabilities, you can capitalize on your opportunities. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, the first book I did was The Art of Preventing Stupid. And, you know, it's about, you, know, you, you work with these entrepreneurs, you know, they all think they're 13 feet tall and bulletproof. It takes that sort of, you know, self-confidence to go out and operate in, you know, a, an economy where, what is it, some number like 90% of businesses fail within five years. And there's probably some things that skew that. But, um, you know, we love to teach people, and that's what that book teaches, is one of the tools that we have of staying let's slow down, let's deal with these vulnerabilities. And, and then, you know, you do come out as the strongest player on the field. And I'm curious, you said that you see that, which I think is fantastic. I like to flip it sometimes. So you see the weaknesses, you see the threats. Do you see a theme around that? That gosh, these, these folks are, are missing the mark? Well, I, I talk about it in, in th with, with three main sources of threats. And I think this was pretty insightful. I'm, I'm, and I, I continue talking about this, this theme. And I say, look, here's, if you'll just ask yourself smart questions about these three things, and then we, we build out some ways to ask smarter questions. Um, number one, let's spend some time talking about what catastrophes, let's, we can call it disasters, you can call it sucker punches, whatever. I called it catastrophes because I wrote the book and there you go. So I got to, I got to pick the name. But, you know, let's think about those. And then number two, let's think about what we're ignorant about, because business is a constant business growth. It's a constant series of taking responsibility and educating yourself about the intricacies of your business. And you know very well how intricate and different every given business is. Mm -hmm. And and so we got catastrophes, or we have we, we have catastrophes, um, ignorance. And you know, by the way, the solution to that is just education. And you can do a lot of it yourself. Everybody listening to the Business Vitality podcast is educating themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And then the third thing is ineptitude, and that's a five dollar word for being a slacker. And not doing what you know you're supposed to be doing. And, you know, for us, we're, we're pretty heavy digital marketers. And, you know, that can be not really monitoring our digital presence. Or, um, you know, we've got an attorney that's going to a different firm right now. So that's present on my mind. And I've got the procedure in place of here's how we do it. Here's how we deal with the clients. And so I'm not being a slacker. I mean, I got, she sent me a letter last night. I got up this morning, bang, she's going to have a letter in five minutes from our COO. And so, you know, point being, those three things are, I, mean, I, I talk about them in the art of preventing stupid, are really critical to being able to deal with your vulnerabilities because, and, and I, maybe to answer your question more directly, I don't see anything specific because every business is different mm -hmm. and, and, and people are different and the owners are different and they're people-y because people are people-y. So I hope I'm making sense, but the point is, you know, you have to be responsible for your own canoe mm -hmm. and you have to be self-aware and be willing to ask yourself those tough questions. And if you will, chances are you'll be the toughest player on the field.
Yes, I have to agree with you in the sense that if we're willing to ask the hard questions and sit with it and get the answer, we can navigate a lot more than we even think we're capable of. And as you talk about catastrophes and education and slackers, um, the, the third one, which I love because I just continue to work with people and, and, and they don't understand just the simplicity and the practical application of follow-up and mm -hmm. following back up with people and just getting back with them. And that makes me think of slackers. So you call them slackers. I'm, I'm like, there's an opportunity to create stronger follow-up. And when we do coaching, executive coaching, the power is in the follow-up. Like people don't realize that something as simple as that follow-up is what's going to separate so many people from the rest of the world if they're just willing to create that follow-up. And the research is out there that just shows that there's power in that. And even just in business, who are we following up with and how are we doing it? And are we intentional with that practice? Um, are you talking about the your business relationships or what, what are you talking about? Yeah, the relationships within the business, your customers, um, you know, just I had an example of somebody that was putting a pool in a client and they said, I called five companies and it was really easy to pick which one because only one followed up. So, I mean, it's just crazy. And then when I'm doing the coaching, the executive coaching work, we work with leaders and I ask for them to have conversations with people that are in their business that they want to strengthen these relationships with. And they have to have intentional conversations. How do I continue to improve my leadership? And you have to follow back up with them. Like it's not a one and done conversation. We've got to, we, we can't be slackers in our own personal development. Can't be slackers in our business. Um, we've got to be able to, to create that follow-up. Do you have any thoughts on that? I can oh. see your brain just going. Oh gosh. Yeah. And you know, this is, uh, you know, there, there's, there, I, I always talk about, you know, ignorance and ineptitude and how there's some gray area in there. And, um, you know, and, and it's, it's, again, you're, you're talking about responsiveness and responsiveness to client needs and internal needs, but in particular, we, um, we had a deal where you know, we're, we're constantly looking at how the firm systems operate. And we did a measurement about a year ago where we looked at um, our responsiveness on qualified lead intake, right? Okay. So somebody calls us from Dallas or we'll, we'll say Dallas. And um, if we... Uh, if our if we got them on the phone with our Dallas attorney right then, or one of the attorneys in Dallas right then, um, we got a, a case forty percent of the time, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're calling, they need help. If we had to take a message and say the attorney will call you back, we got a case ten percent of the time. Wow. This is what businesses are seeing right now in the market is create a sense of urgency and your business will grow. Create a sense of urgency to take care of that client, the prospect, whoever it is that's coming in. And this is what's really going to separate the rest of the world, I think, as we're going to have to get back into working. And, you know, people are coming back to the workforce and, and stuff's happening. But that sense of urgency that you're talking about. I don't mean to cut you off, but I mean, that is that is what we need.
to continue to remain vital in business. It, uh, yeah. And, you know, so what, what did we do? We, you know, we, we created a, uh, by the way, we created a sense of urgency with the attorneys and are like, you guys are not going to go, Hey, I, I, you know, stop what you're doing and take the phone call because that's, what's putting bread on everybody's table. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it grew the firm, just fixing that one stupid little problem, right. In mm -hmm. our sales, which frankly, you know, was ignorance from us of, of that. Right. You know, and it's, we had to dig in, we had to ask the tough questions and, and, and frankly, that doesn't seem that tough, but you know, and we're a sizable company, but um, you're all, if you're doing your job, you're always going to be finding stuff like that. But, you know, fixing that grew the company by 20% right there. Bang, you know, and so it, it was beautiful. And, you know, back to your point in that regard, I mean, I got acquainted with a, a law firm owner, um, similar size law firm in Midwest, you know, one of the Midwest cities. And I called her just have a conversation, share some business stories. I got voicemail and I was like, oh my, I mean, front, I didn't even get to talk to a person up front. And I'm like, man, you guys, yeah, it's, it's serious business. The, the bar is, is changing. And, and people think that we can automate, you know, a lot of this stuff mm -hmm. and, and things, the bar is getting a little bit lower, a little bit lower. And they're like, Oh, we can automate. We can push this out. We can, but people want human connection. When someone calls you, gosh, I mean, the expense of acquiring a new customer. And if you've got them on the phone and like you said, they have mm -hmm. a problem and they are calling people until they get somebody on the phone to help them and to know your metrics like you do. And then now you're beginning, it, it just sounds like, you know, you're in the beginning, we've got to move big boulders out of the way to create change. But when yeah. you've got a business that's in place, like what you're doing is you're finding the pebbles. And so few people want to pick up the pebbles to create a 20% growth. Well, yeah, but it, you know, it's, it was a beautiful thing. And, yeah. and, you know, we're, we're constantly doing that. And, and that's, you know, that's part of the, it, it does get easier um, and it gets more fun once you get the business established. And um, we did our strategic planning last um, Friday. And, you know, it was a lot more pleasant to just not, yeah, as you put it very well, to not be trying to move boulders, but to deal on, be dealing with pebbles. And, and, you know, those pebbles, because you're established, they start to pay off better. And so, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I, I, I get that very well. That's fun. Okay. So you've got a lot going on, multiple states, lots of great growth. Um, some of the executives that I'm working with as they continue to grow, they've got to delegate more. And obviously I can hear the language that you're using and how you know all the different touch points of the business, but to know all these variety of touch points and to be in so many places at one time, you're not doing all this by yourself. Can you talk about how you know, delegation plays in with your day-to-day -day activities and how that works with the team and some of maybe your best practices around delegation just for folks that are listening. Oh, I'm good at this. <laughs> and uh, I, don't, I don't say I'm good at many things, but I'm good at this. I learned a lesson years ago. Um, and 
you know, it was from one of the, I read it somewhere. So I'm not a trip. I'm, this is not an original idea, but I can't remember where to attribute it. Okay. So forgive me, whoever's idea I'm stealing right here. But um, abdication is just telling somebody to do something and expecting them to do it. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, delegation is where you say, okay, I need you to take over this task, but then you build in a feedback loop. And, you know, a feedback loop through a KPI, uh, you know, a key performance indicator. And the, the beautiful thing about that, about KPIs too, is if you have A players on your team, they're winners and they want to know when they're winning. And so that KPI is a, that's their scoreboard, right? And mm-hmm. so... You know, I, I spoke earlier about the, the, the call issue and getting attorneys on the phone with qualified leads. And I, I, I told Katrina, who's our, our client service director, I said, I want 95% of those phone calls on the phone with an attorney live. And she's like, okay, guess what? She went out and did it. I didn't, you know, I didn't abdicate that. I get a feedback report. We call it the aqua report because we're simple minded and all of our reports have colors. So we don't have to remember the name. And, and, you know, I told case finance, look guys, I want you all at 95% collection rate within three months on, on all invoices. And they're like, okay, we'll do it. And Becky's mad because she was at 94%, right? (laughs) Right. So pretty strong. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, and that wasn't her fault. So and and somebody got in a little trouble, uh, you know, one of you know one of the attorneys, and um, so yeah, dele- that's that's the key thing. People get scared about delegation, but the thing is to to build those feedback loops and build reports that regularly come back and regularly show wins. And by the way, you know, like with our collections. Um, our, our case finance and we're, we're a prepay firm, meaning, look, we're, we're expecting you to have us prepaid with retainers. And that's, that's good. That's healthy for everybody. And so we, we have a few clients that we'll, we'll go over, but, um, you know, we have a, a number that we want on the board right out here and it's a win board. And, you know, that's, and the case finance and Trisha and Becky, they're like, okay, I'm going to hit that every week. And they get to post their wins right outside my office every week. And they killed it last week. They are monsters. That is fantastic. And it makes you feel good. Like they feel good because they have a very clear direction on exactly what they need to do. There's a metric. There's a number tied into it. Clear goals just make life easier for everybody. And then they, they are laser focused. And it, well, it, oh, go ahead. Yeah. And you know, we, uh, uh, we had an issue, you know, we're, we're an hourly bill firm and we have, you know, our, our secret sauce with our attorneys and we think with our clients is built, you know, get six hours on the clock every day. That's a very productive day. And by the way, it's also very doable. So our attorneys, you know, have their wits about them. They're not crazy stressed out because we sell lifestyle to our attorneys, Right. We say, look, we're not going to drive you crazy like some big, ugly firm. And we're also not going to be jerks to you. Right. And so, you know, when we find our people, they're like, oh, yeah, that's where I want to work. And um, but, you know, onboarding them, 
you know, we, we had to find that metric of, of how, how do you come up to speed as a, as a productive member of the firm? And sometimes it's just finding these simple things. We said, okay, first week, bill three hours. That's all we expect. Second week, bill six. It's the three plus three plus three plan, you know, or plus three plans, what we should call it. And, you know, until you get to 30 hours a week. And, you know, of course, we're delegating production to them. But when they know what a win looks like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the most recent pack of attorneys that has come on pack. I don't know why I use that word, but, you know, the most tranche or whatever. Um, they're like, oh, yeah, I can do this. I know what a win is. And we come alongside them. And by the way, here's the feedback loop. You know, if you didn't hit it, then we can go, OK, well, let's deconstruct why you didn't hit it. And we're not here to beat you up. Let's figure out how to make this a win for everybody. So you're, you're practicing what you preach. You're avoiding uh, creating any sort of slackers at all because you are implementing that feedback loop, the follow up process, you know, the metric that allows people to stay focused. Yeah. And they, you know, they love winning. And if they don't want to, you know, if they don't want to win, they don't need to be around here. I mean, they can, here's my snotty comment of the day. Let them go work for the government. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's options. We all have options. Yeah. Tell me. Okay. So you talked about keeping things kind of simple and um, you talked about your report. You call it the aqua report. You've you've got colors. And I imagine that you do not have 2,700 colors, like what I was used to seeing in in the corporate environment. There was a report for the report for the report. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was just tons of reports that were just always generated and nobody really audited it. So I love the fact that you have colors. So you probably don't have bukus of colors, but you have a few reports. And it, it makes me think about you know, how, how do you focus on those critical few issues? How do you stay laser focused? Just kind of like the old Pareto's principle, the 80, 20, how do you keep just finding that, that 20%? We were just talking about the Pareto principle and, uh, and they, that for some reason, somebody thought I said burrito principle. Oh. <laughs> so they now call it the burrito principle around here, but, um, our, you know, I, I, I this, this, well, this kind of goes into there's nothing new under the sun idea because yeah. I have forever or for years talked about uh, one thing business needs to do is figure out their word problem, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, because we all hated word problems as kids, right? I mean, you go, oh my gosh, why are we doing this? There's no practical application in life, but actually there is. And, um, you know, so I have my word problem up on the board and, you know, it's hire a players, um, get, uh, you know, get the attorney's leads. And I know how many leads I need in an established market or a new market. Um, we have to have a certain closing rate. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's not that difficult is, is the answer to your question. You know, you figure out what your word problem is, by the way, when I said there's nothing new under the sun, Jim Collins, I finally figured out, calls it his smack recipe. Your, or, you know, your business is smack recipe, which stands for specific, methodical and consistent, meaning, you know, how does your firm and I like to use musical metaphors. How do they lay down the rhythm and bass, which is what makes every band great? You know, it's not the lead guitar player. How do you lay down that rhythm and bass of what you're doing? And 
So, you know, as far as reports, all we really need to measure is, you know, we need to measure call intake. We need to measure close rates. We need to measure marketing effectiveness. And then we need to measure productivity and, and collections rates. And, you know, there we go. We have a couple other metrics we use, um, a little bit more complicated, like labor efficiency ratio. And so on, those are concepts Greg Crabtree's firm from down in Alabama came up with. And that that's really genius stuff, by the way, that uh, his book, Simple Numbers. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fanboy, and Greg's become a friend. Um, but yeah, we, we, you don't have to measure all that many things. And we're, by the way, we're constantly critical of our reports going, what can we get rid of? What, you know, what do we not need? Because yeah, you just don't need garbage for garbage. It's, it's what makes your word problem, AKA your smack work. Fantastic. All right. Simple numbers, the book, I'll have to check it out. Oh, it's, I read it every Friday after Thanksgiving and have for like the last six or seven years. And, wow. and, 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 you know, it is, it's accounting made simple for small business growth and um, we're clients of theirs too. And it's, I just spent six hours in Huntsville, Alabama, getting our looking at spreadsheets on a big wall and going, Oh, but that, you know, they told us we're not crazy. So there you go. That's fun though. You know, it's fun to get in there and, and, and just study it. And I will definitely be visiting Amazon next and uh, order that book. So yeah, it's, he's, he's good. Thank you. Tell me um, if someone wants to learn more about you, Matt, and the work that you're doing, what is the best way to, to find you and to learn more about what you're doing? Yeah. Our website's davisbusinesslaw.com and uh, that's our main domain. So, and if you want to drop me an email, you know, I'm M Davis at Davis Business Law. I'm kind of like an open book as you probably figured out. I appreciate you being here. Matt Davis, you are the owner and CEO of Davis Business Law, found on the web at davisbusinesslaw.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you like it, please subscribe, share this episode or this show with other people around you. The greatest form of a compliment is a referral. I really appreciate them. And if you think that you want to learn more about some of the work we're doing, I encourage you to reach out to katherinecanty.com. You can schedule a call or just continue to read articles and information that we post out there. Thank you so much for being here.